I'm here to tell you from personal experience in Lambeau, the Chiefs have a wide receiver problem. Today, Unlocked on Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs, folks. It's the Tuesday edition. I am hot off of the airport, and we're going to get into what happened that wasn't so hot up in Lambeau Field in Green Bay. We're brought to you by Game Time today. That's the Game Time app. Create an account and then use our code Locked On NFL. It's going to get you twenty dollars off of your first purchase. It's lowest tickets, last minute tickets, lowest prices, and it's guaranteed. A lot to cover today. I'll give you uh, my takeaways from being at the uh, the game against the Packers. What needs to happen? Where are we going? What is this wide receiver situation? And is it time to hit the panic button? Also, the defensive changes we are recording late on Monday night. And what it well, we'll cover that all today. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, and RGR Football with my partner, Chris Clark of Chiefs Corner. You can get all your information between the two of us. And if you're into the draft or you happen to follow another team that you're interested in the draft, you want to check out NFL33. My work goes up along with the rest of my team. So if you guys want to get into that, greatly appreciate it. Because for some teams, they're already looking for players. And the Chiefs are definitely one of those teams. And they happen to play wide receiver because there will be additions in this offseason. And for the first time, I think we've been giving a lot of leeway to the wide receiver group that they're eventually going to come around. What happened was this was a game that was there for the taking against the Green Bay Packers. And the wide receiver crew came up short in a number of different ways. There are other factors, but in terms of that one position, it is time to reconsider just how much panic the Chiefs front office and the coaching staff has to be in. Well, and you talk about there's going to be additions to the offseason. I think there's also going to have to be some subtractions. Uh, and I think there's two there's two people in particular. Uh, and let's just get started. Uh, MVS is a guy that's had good times last year. Uh, I'm not going to say it was a good season all around, but it was. he had some good times last year. He was able to be a deep threat at times. He still didn't have great chemistry with Patrick. Uh, but you saw against the Packers, he ran – he was running the right route, but he's not on the same page as the quarterback, and that cost you a big chance at a first down. Um, Mahomes put the ball in the numbers. Uh, MBS had, you know, gone, what, five, five yards inside the numbers and couldn't adjust to it as the ball was in the air. Uh, it's small things like that that add up during the season. And then you look at another guy, and I think it, uh, Justin Watson had 40 snaps last night and not one target. Uh, I think PFF gave him one target, and, I, and the only target that he would have gotten would have been on the Hail Mary. I don't think that's really fair to call that a target, but uh, he was maybe the only guy that was maybe there because somebody got pushed out of the way. But um, you can't run 40 snaps and not get a single target. Uh, that's just, you can't do that. That's not something that you're going to be able to be successful with. I agree. And what that tells you is that despite having been fed earlier in the season, it's just not something they're comfortable doing now is even targeting him. And that's, that's a problem. At the end of the day, um, obviously the big pick to Sky Moore was a bit of confusion about the route. Uh, I, I'll put that on, on both the quarterback and the receiver. I can't put it all on the receiver, uh, but definitely in terms of the, the alignment of the corner, it's a simple read. If you have inside leverage, you should be turning to the outside. That didn't happen. It's it's common concepts that I think for some reason are being made too complex for this group to handle. And that's not to say that they're incapable of handling 
complexities, but it's not building upon itself. It's not a clean progression. And that's why we're not seeing these wide receivers, especially the young ones, get better except for Rasheed Rice. Now, the difference is you can build around Rasheed Rice, in my opinion. I'm not concerned about that. But in terms of that big red panic button, it's time to punch it because you got to change things up. Well, if you can't get production from guys, you, you shouldn't be on the field until you can prove that. There are a couple of other options, and I think at this point, from what I saw, especially during warm-ups and a couple of routes that he was able to run, it is time to feature another veteran, Richie James, to get more targets and more playing time as of now because he is a guy that will make you first downs and move the chains. And I think that that's the direction they have to go in now. And I hate saying it this way, but they have to take the training wheels off of Kadarius Tony as well. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the reality. They absolutely have to take the, they have to put him in for more than eight, for more than twelve snaps. He had eight passing snaps. I talked about Justin Watson earlier. He had forty-one snaps on the night, twenty-seven in the pass, and not one single target. You, and MBS was, I think, the second or no, he's the third most targeted person in the night. Uh, five targets against the Packers. Uh, his old team uh, brought in two catches, brought in two first downs. So big plays for Kansas City, and, and he made a, a tremendous catch early on in the game, which I thought was a good sign going forward, but it didn't end up being anything else. So at that point, you're absolutely right. They have to start turning the corner. They have to try to see if they can get J- Richie James involved. They have to see if they can – they need to take the training wheels off of Kadarius Tony. They need to have him in there for more than 12 snaps a game. I don't care if you think you're saving him for the playoffs. If he can't produce and can't be in there for 30 snaps, 40 snaps a game – then he shouldn't be on the. Then he shouldn't be somebody that they're going to be looking to try to keep going forward. Uh, you talk about additions and subtractions. Justin Watson has no business being on the roster with the way he's played this season. He had some big moments early in the season, uh, but he continues to miss at the at the later times and now not even being targeted. You just can't have that. And then because he's mainly a one trick pony, he's mainly a deep threat guy, and they're not throwing the ball there. They're not giving the opportunity. As far as MBS is concerned. The chemistry's never been there with Mahomes. And the one trait that you have to have as a wide receiver in Andy Reid's offense, and this is the thing that I think is one of the reasons that Watson is playing and that he gets so many snaps is because he's where he's supposed to be. And that is the biggest thing I think MBS is missing is he is not where he's supposed to be most of the time. And I think you could also make an argument Sky Moore's in the same boat specifically about some of of that difference between what the perception is what the reality is we'll do that on the backside of this talk about the wide receivers melting down but in uh later in the show we're going to get to the defense as well because it wasn't typical and it looks like it's going to have to be adjusted pretty dramatically in a couple of ways we'll do that coming up next if my mouse will behave You ever had a hard time buying tickets? I know getting tickets at Arrowhead, it can be a pain. It is very difficult sometimes to find the tickets that you want, but that is why we want to tell you about our friends over at Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry about when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total up front, so you know what you're getting, and you get a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in two seconds with just two taps. 
Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NFL. That's L O C K E D O N N F L for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It's nice when your house works. It does. It, it comes in pretty handy, right? Um, it would also come in handy if uh, it worked when you assigned a route that needs a little bit of adjustment and your target could make that adjustment. I I don't necessarily think that it's it's a bad combination or routes not being run, quote-unquote, correctly in terms of their design and their, their preparation. But it's the minute decisions that have to be made every time you run that route to be organic and understand what the defense is trying to do to you. Like I was talking about in the first one, just subtle positioning of what leverage are you getting? Are you making sure that you continue to take advantage of the leverage that you've established in particular MVS on some of those deep routes? If but, you run them to a spot that gives you the advantage, you make it easier for Mahomes. Yeah. But it's not just leverage. It's also running through the route. How many times have we seen? Yeah. MBS is multiple times stopped on the route. Sky Moore last night on the interception stopped on the route. He stutter stepped off the line. And then about halfway through the lot, the route, he slowed down for a half second after the ball was already thrown. That half second may not seem like a lot, but it's enough to cause an interception. It's enough to cause a situation where I think at worst it's an incomplete pass. Uh, if that if he doesn't stop at that second point. Uh, the first stutter didn't really matter. It may be a timing route, but Mahomes hadn't thrown the ball yet. The second one really cost him. Uh, and you just can't have that. That's one thing you cannot have as a wide receiver, especially once the ball's in the air. Yeah. And I know there are comments made about the alignment of the, of the DB being so far off. When you're running a flip coverage and you know that you're going to get that over-under, uh, you're not going to get the rub that you were expecting, right? You yeah. have to make that adjustment. And the stutter <clears> off the line – Maybe I, I'm not a wide receiving expert, but um, back in the day when I was originally learning what those stems should look like, you want to attack off coverage and try to eat that up so that you can get them to commit one way or another. And I, I think the philosophical bits about how you attack a defense, depending on how they're aligned, is not what's being communicated consistently from what Patrick expects to what the wide receivers are doing. And I do think there are there, there are subtleties and idiosyncrasies that have to be ironed out. But quite frankly, we are to the point now that there's no time for that. You either get it or you don't or get out of the way. And it's time to get somebody in there that has run enough routes to understand that. And I thought it was going to be Watson. Now I, I can only go in, in the James direction. And I can't blame you. I think that uh, James is the only way you can go. And, and if he can't do it, then you're going to be in a, in a bad scenario. But I think that you have to look at it and – when you look at the passing snaps, uh, 24 for Scantling and 27 for Watson. And let's see, Richie James had four. Uh, I would like to see Richie James probably have close to 30. And if you want to give some of the snaps to MBS and Justin Watson after that 30, I think that you can probably say you're pretty good. I have to ask a quick question. I know we're talking about wide receivers, but since we're talking about pass catchers, what are your thoughts on Zach Ertz since as of this moment, he hasn't signed with the team? I mean, for the Chiefs, it would have to be a, a vet minimum contract. Um, he's but you not going to play off incentives. You you could, yeah. There's ways to get that done. The real question is, um, what are you showing him right now in this loss to make him think, hey, that's the sure. contender that I want to go to? Don't get me wrong; the Chiefs are still a contender, 
but it's a narrower margin than we've seen in the last couple of years. And I think for him, maybe that's a plus in that he could be the difference maker. Is he going to displace Noah Gray? I'm not so certain. Um, I do believe that Noah should be getting more snaps. I believe they should be in 13 personnel and 12 personnel in particular a whole lot more given especially what we saw with the run game last night. And I know for for those of you who are new to the show, A, welcome, like, sub, hit the bell. Make sure you uh, become part of the uh, family here at Lockdown Chiefs because it is your team every day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. You can also get us on Spotify and Apple and all the audio platforms. And if you don't know me already, I'm an old school coach of years and years and years ago, decades, um, probably more than I want to admit. But <laughs> Uh, in terms of what the run game did last night, that did help. But it, it also has to be offset. And I think Noah Gray is a guy right now that can contribute more in the passing game off of different alignments that look like run packages. And I think last night is a good way to use what the Chiefs were able to do on the ground to set up their next couple of ball games and maybe shift a little bit in what they do personnel package-wise. But here's Earth coming in would be a wrinkle that you can go 13 all the time. And I think it would give a, a pure pass catching option to pair with Travis. Here's the bigger reason I asked the question. 68 pass snaps last night. Travis Kelsey is on the field for 60 of them. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. He cannot be on the field for 60 snaps. I understand you're trying to win the game. I understand you want to, you know, he's a competitor, what all that, whatever. And I want to be clear. I'm not saying Zach Ertz can replace Travis Kelsey. But you need to have more of a passing threat that you can put on the field. And Blake Bell is not that guy. Uh, yeah. The Chiefs have, have run four tight ends for years in Kansas City. Uh, I think that they could find a way to make it work, even if it it sucks because they got to send you know a guy like E.K. Boyedo right back down to the practice squad. But um, I still think it's Blake a move Bell's that not helping to consider. Well, I, I'm no, not I agree. You, even in the blocking game, he ain't helping you. So right. there's there's no reason at this point. But they don't um, seem to want to move away from him. That's the problem. Yeah, well, somebody's got to wake up, and sometimes that has to be a stubborn coach. No offense, but Uncle Andy is uh, is is slow this season to make the adjustments. It, and that's because it, he has faith in his players, and that's, that's a good thing. But at some point, he, the rubber hits the road, and, and it's hitting it. And to be clear, he is the one calling the plays. This isn't a Matt Nagy thing. This is an Andy Reid thing. I just I want to reiterate that because I keep seeing people talk about how Nagy's horrible and they miss the enemy. Maybe you're missing a little bit of discipline for BME, but it reads calling the plays. It's reads offense. It always has been and always will be. And at the same time, they're running with more balance. So honestly, you can you can complain about Nagy's input being different than BME's. The result is similar. And honestly, Pacheco's running better this season than last, in my opinion. Yeah, but, but it's it all about also, execution. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it comes down to. No matter what the route combinations are or who's passing the ball, it is about execution. What we have seen the last three, four weeks has been pure execution. There are some personnel decisions that are interesting, but I won't say it's because of the play calls themselves. Yeah. And I know we I know we're supposed to be talking about wide receiver, but I have to ask since we this is the first chance and the only chance we're going to talk about the game. Thoughts on Juan Yay Morris from what you saw. Um, I, I was actually pretty happy, particularly in the run game. And again, I think that's where where everything starts, particularly for young offensive linemen coming into this league because college offensive linemen aren't prepared for the most part. Did he get got? He did. Uh, I do believe that Van Ness sack was, was on one. Uh, 
Uh, and I know that PFF didn't score it that way. I'm not sure what they're doing over there, but clearly that was a miss. But I also feel that he came off the ball well. I think he played with decent leverage in the run game. And I think later he settled down. If he gets somebody like a Brian Burns or a true speed pass rusher, that's going to be the test. Um, you know, Baron Browning in Denver, okay, that's going to be a little bit quicker than he's used to. Um, obviously, Max Crosby's Max Crosby. He's going to play with power and with speed. So there's still – it's just one ball game against a good defensive front, but I don't think it's the elite of the elite edge rushers. So I think it's a step forward. Where were you at? Well, but here's my point. Donovan Smith did give up a sack last night, and that was early in the game. And so you look at what Donovan Smith has done so far this year. He's been the weakest link at on the line position. And one of the things I've argued uh, for the past couple of weeks is that you don't disrupt the line unless there's an injury because of chemistry, because you're going to have struggles with, you know, stunts and twists and all the things that Kansas City struggled with early in the year that they finally started to get figured out uh, at this point. But at this point, with Donovan Smith injured, I think you play Wanya Morris the next couple of weeks. And if Smith isn't 100% healthy, you don't put him back in there because Wanya Morris at 100% is better than Donovan Smith, I think, in my opinion, at 60, 70, 80, maybe even 85, 90%. Uh, I think they're very close to the same player when it comes to pass blocking, but Wanya Morris gives them a lot more in the running game. He definitely does. And I think that right now this team needs to run. And that makes sense. But I will say this with one heavy asterisk. This was one ball game against one team. Uh, I'm all for giving him the start next week, whether Smith feels 100% or not, or or is able to play or not. Um, I, I felt like he played well enough to earn that, and I think you need to see it. And then you'll have a better idea. So well, Because you I'm also have a decision to make this offseason. Yeah, yeah. So, you got to get to it one way or the other. But I, right now, I'm just looking at how they can win ball games. And how they do that is stopping people as well. That's going to look a little bit different after this ballgame. We're going to talk about the defense coming up next. Now, I know all this sports talk is, uh, is sometimes a little bit outside of the reality of life, but let's take a minute and talk about what's real. And the reality is, according to the FDA, pharmacies run out of antibiotics from time to time like amoxicillin. Uh, there's always shortages in, in flu season of something that can help you. And especially as they get scarier and scarier, uh, the flus are, are something that you want to be able to take care of. So if you're looking for something that makes you feel like uh, you don't have to worry about the supply chain issue or uh, you're not searching around scrambling for some life-saving medication, uh, there is Jace Medical and they are here to help you. Uh, the Jace case, that's one of these, is a pack of five different antibiotics that can treat uh, a long list of bacterial illnesses, uh, all kinds of respiratory infections, the whole nine yards, among a, a number of other complications, uh, the stuff that can happen to you on a daily basis that you want to be prepared for. All you got to do to get prepared for it is go to jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter right now. So you'll get an online physician. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician. And those medications will then be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost, and they'll ship it right to you. Uh, it comes in a, a nice little case that you can then have on the go whenever you need it or someone you know needs it. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. So go to jacemedical.com and use the code LOCKEDON to get $20 off of your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. I have to say, 
the field had some issues last night. Uh, if you didn't get to see any of my uh, pregame uh, little videos, I put up some shorts on uh, my personal channel on RGR because I had planned to go in the stadium, give you guys a live stream on this channel before. But I got to tell you, Wi-Fi inside Lambeau is worse than it is in Arrowhead. And try as I may, <laughs> I tried to upload, I tried to go live, I could not get anything to stream from inside the stadium. But the, what I was going to tell you is that it had been snowing rather voraciously. And when it wasn't doing that previously, uh, as we were on the drive up, uh, it was freezing rain. And so you had this kind of mixture of of wet and uh, snow, some ice mixed in there. Uh, and a number of players were slipping in, in pregame warmups. And I was a little bit concerned about it because you could still see some of the uh, snow and ice sticking in places. Uh, by the time it was ready for kickoff, it was fine. Uh, I, I watched that kind of meandered like the hour before kickoff. Uh, but it definitely left. There was still some residual uh, water on the field, uh, just made it not quite the best to the point where uh, the Packers have this neat little trick. And I don't know if the, the broadcast caught it at all, uh, but they bring out a little mat on every timeout and all the linemen clean their cleats. It's like a, it's like a boot scraper you might have on your porch. Similar concept. Chiefs didn't have that. So I, I do feel like traction was an issue there. And I think we saw it specifically in uh, Joshua Williams' night. I don't think he had his best evening. I thought he struggled a little bit in footing. Some of the linebackers struggled in some footing. And I think it may be part of what happened to Brian Cook uh, as he took that hit. His ankle got folded up underneath him. As we learned today, sounds like the x-ray is negative. We don't have that confirmed from the organization yet. Um, but it does hopefully look like he has avoided a season-ending injury. We'll cross our fingers. Because I think his loss and the concussion to do Trankle was the turning point in this ballgame, to tell you the truth. And maybe you could even just put it at the feet of Trankle. Well, and I actually wrote an article that will go up in the morning, uh, probably by the time this this is up. Uh, I'll have an article about three different turning points in the game. Uh, one of them was the fourth and two, uh, and that was shortly after Brian Cook went out. Uh, Cook hurts his ankle, and then you have that fourth and two play where Love just lobbed the ball up and basically acted like it was a punt. And his receiver didn't even see it until a second before the ball dropped <laughs> into his arms. And you've got four Chiefs around him, and it's Edwards, and it's Reed, and Cochran, and I think Sneed was the other one, and all four of them converged. If Brian Cook is on the field, I fully believe that that's at least an incompletion, uh, if not a turnover at that point. Um, but, you know, the speed of, of Cook compared to Edwards is, is just completely different, so I think that that's a big thing. And you talk about the footing. You're absolutely right, Joshua Williams. I, I can't remember – what specific play it was, but there's a third down play where if he doesn't slip, I don't think it's a completion. And mm -hmm. maybe it was a completion, but it, it, and it probably would have been a first down, so maybe not much changed. But the receiver got you know some yak yardage because he slipped and he fell. As far as the touchdowns concerned, over you know that Watson had over him, that was just a great play by the QB and by the receiver. You, you tip your hat to it. I mean, yeah, you want to try to have as much depth as you can, but Watson made a fantastic catch on that one. Yeah, it was good. I will tell you this. I think Trent McDuffie had some some turf issues on the touchdown he gave up as well. So oh, he definitely did. He slipped and fell. I did see that. Did he hit the ground completely? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he completely. Unfortunately, that was. I think, was uh, I think he was trying to turn and slipped and fell as he was as he was trying to turn, and that left him Watson wide open. 
unfortunately that was in the far corner from where I was uh, about the 45 yard line. Um, so it was difficult for me to see that particular action, but it was noticeable in a number of ways. And I, I didn't see anything major on the lines, but it was very interesting to me that the Packers knew to like clean their plates in between. Um, and, and it seemed to show up on the DB side for the chiefs. But I think as the game we're on, um, it, it definitely cleaned up the field conditions, but what didn't clean up is I think, and this is not to point a finger um, because I don't want to do that, but the loss of Tranquil was more significant than we thought. And uh, Jack Conkern went out there and, and gave it his best, but a young guy with very, very little experience over pursuing routes, getting duped out by some of the fakes. You got to expect that. That's, that's not his fault. It's just upsetting that you got in that position with your third middle linebacker. Yeah, and it goes further than that. It was communication, too. He's now the Mike linebacker. He's now the one calling the defense. He's now the one trying to get everybody in position. And I thought Cocker played pretty well. I'm not going to say he didn't make mistakes. I, of course he did. But then you get into the communication aspect of it. Did he, is there missed calls that he should have made looking at the offense and how they were lined up that really cost Kansas City? And, again, I, I agree with you. I'm not trying to point fingers. It's a horrible situation to put a guy in. Yeah. Uh, and you hope that you don't have to do that. And, and hopefully Nick Bolton is back this week. Uh, fingers crossed. I hopefully Drew Tranquil's back this week for that matter. Um, well, and I'll tell you why because Drew Tranquil, in particular, his absence, and when you had to downgrade, and again, not to point the figure at Cochran, when you had to go with a younger player because of injury, I believe that even Tranquil was able to man the middle well enough that Dylan isn't able to get some of those first downs, and that changes the drive structure of what you have in that game, and I think that changes the outcome of the game. Now, whether it's Tranquil or it had to be Bolton, you hope you get one of them back this week, cross our fingers. Yeah, and the question is, is it just first downs? Because in my mind, I think if Tranquil's in there, uh, you take a couple of yards off of some of those other carries that weren't first downs, it changes the whole dynamic of the game. Because mm-hmm. Kansas City never really had a situation where they had Green Bay in the third and long. I, I think they may have had it once or twice, but they didn't get them in there on a regular basis, and that's where their defense eats. The other thing you talked about with the footing being an issue, you have to wonder if that was part of what the the reason was the pass rush never got home. Because it sure didn't look like the pass rush could get anything going on Green Bay uh, when they're trying to get after love. They got a sack late, but uh, they sure could have used it earlier on. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, it, it looked like it was good push most of the night. Um, but I, I will say the front, the intensity in the front four, I don't know whether it was the field or the conditions, but the intensity did not look to be there from where I was sitting, which is about 10 rows up on the opposite sideline. So, uh, I got a good look at a lot of the players and some were winded, some were just looked miserable. Um, but I, I didn't see outside of Willie Gay, I didn't see anybody on the defensive side really being able to pump up the rest of that defense. Uh, you were in a dogfight, and you were in it until the end. You needed to have that energy. Yeah, and that's something that they don't have this year is they don't have a guy that can come in and do that other than Willie Gay. And when he's not able to get it done, they don't, they're not going to be able to get it done. There's there's holes on this team. Um, and, you know, we've talked about it a, a little bit with the wide receivers, but there's holes on, on defensive leadership as well to some extent. Uh, and I think Nick Bolton would be that guy that would be able to do some of that if he was on the field. But uh, he's a lot more quiet than you would normally think uh, like a Willie Gay is to really light a fire under people. But I think that he does it because he is the defensive leader. So it's a little bit different there too. Yeah. Agreed. 
Um, you know, we're going to have to get into it, but we don't have a whole lot of time. Coming up tomorrow, Matt and Derek, on his opinion and what he knows from inside the information coming out of Arrowhead Drive, make sure you're with us tomorrow. And then Joe Marino coming up from the Bills. We want to find out where we're at with all that, and then we're going to preview the show there on Friday. So be with us the rest of this week. We have a lot of content coming for you. We hope that you're excited about it. I'm happy to be home, and uh, I hope that uh, I never attend another away Chiefs game. I just won't. Uh, I just won't tempt it. Y'all can blame it all on me if you like. It's going to be fine. Uh, thank you guys for everybody here. Make sure you like, sub, and hit the bell. Make sure you also. Uh, should get a link right after this to go over to the Locked On Sports Today national YouTube show. And that national show is going to rotate through a number of Locked On shows. You're going to get a ton of information from a ton of different teams. It's a really great stream that you guys should go check out. It's going to come up for you really easily here. And we'll be back with you tomorrow. Make sure that you join us there. We appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us today. And we'll talk to you then.